And um, in the midst of it all, there's this simplicity of an invitation to walk with Jesus. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at, um, if we can go to that next slide, we, we looked at, or actually, I'm going to get you to go right through to uh, slide seven. Thanks, Trista. Slide seven. Um, four small steps. I wanted to ask you, how, how are you going with these four little steps that we began the year with. We weren't trying to climb a mountain. We're not trying to leap a tall building in a single... <laughs> we just want to take one next step. That's the step of discipleship with Jesus. And we looked at these four steps. It's like, um, as we begin a new year with Christ as King, let's take one step towards God. Just one step in response to the invitation on our lives from him. Let's take one small step towards God, towards people, towards gathering with Jesus' people, and towards generosity. So how are you going with that? How, how's the steps going? Have you, have you, in any one of those four areas, felt the invitation of the Holy Spirit more, you know, personally and directly, saying, hey, I want you to step more in this particular, how are you going with that? Just going to call you to that. I'm not calling you to anything other than what Jesus is already calling you to, which is draw close to God, reach towards others, be generous with his kingdom, and gather with his people. Simple, simple steps. How are you going with those? A couple of weeks after that, um, Nicole and I we had a conversation with everyone when church got cancelled and we had to go back into lockdown again and we're just from our kitchen. We asked everyone that tuned in um, that really the big agenda of God we taught into is the fact that God does have an agenda for your life. Make no mistake about that. <laughs> he does have an agenda and that agenda is to make you like his son, Jesus Christ. Make you like his son, Jesus Christ. And Romans 8 tells us that. Romans 8, 20, uh, 29 in the message version reads this. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. The son stands first in the line of humanity that he has restored. And we see the original and intended shape of our lives there in Jesus. Just cop that. Let, that. let that land on your heart. Let that land in your mind. God's intention was that right there in Jesus, our lives would be shaped like him. And after God made that decision of what his children should be look like, he followed it up by calling people by name. And after he called them by name, he set them on a solid basis with himself. And then after getting them established, he stayed with them to the end, gloriously completing what he had begun. Romans 8.29, the big agenda of God for your life and for mine is to shape us into the person of Jesus. That's God's big agenda for you. That's probably some of the rub and the push. It's because God's at work. So we started to talk about what does it look like to think like Jesus thinks, to let the renewing of our mind to be filled with who Jesus is and how he thinks. 
to start, and we also spend a little bit of time talking about learning to forgive like Jesus forgives. Wow, if ever there's a call in the, in the journey of being made like Christ, it's the journey to, le- to learning to live with forgiveness. There he is, Jesus, on the cross. Last words, forgive them, Father. To be called into the kingdom and into likeness of Christ is to learn to have a posture of forgiveness constantly. If you've been in a relationship with anyone at any level, workplace, personal, parental, whatever, you have always encountered moments of, man, I need to forgive Always. That's what Jesus wants to do with us. He wants to make us a people that know how to forgive. And just when you think you've got a handle on how to forgive, don't forget the words of Jesus when he said, when you forgive, don't just forgive seven times. (laughs) Don't just forgive that person you are so offended by seven times. Multiply that by another 70. In other words, do it again and again and again and again and again and again. And just when you think you've forgiven someone enough, keep going. Do it again and again and again. That's the way of Jesus. Because forgiveness opens the door to the relationship then coming into his redemptive plan of resurrection and new life. Forgiveness was the last word bellowed from the cross. Resurrection is the fruit of of that forgiveness. So go with that this year. How's that going? Are we learning to think like Jesus thinks? Are we learning to forgive like Jesus forgives? Well, this morning I just want to quickly touch on this next one. Walking like Jesus walks. 1 John 2 verse 6 says, Whoever claims to live in Jesus must live as he did. Well, how did Jesus walk? Well, firstly, he walked in intimacy with God. Intimacy with the Father. I and the Father are one, John 10.30. Walking in intimacy with God the Father. How's that going? How's that going for us? How's the intimacy going? I'm not talking about intimacy with the Holy Spirit here. I'm not talking about intimacy with Jesus Christ. I'm talking about intimacy with God the Father, the other part of the Trinity. How's your intimacy going with God the Father. Jesus walked in intimacy with his Father. John Wimber once said, the ability to hear what God is saying and to see what God is doing and to move in the realm of the miraculous comes as in an individual develops the same intimacy with and dependence upon the Father that Jesus did. How did Jesus do what he did? The answer is found in his relationship with the Father. How will we do greater works than these that Jesus promised? By discovering the same relationship of intimacy, simplicity, and obedience to the Father. You see, Jesus walked not just in a postured reality, He also walked in proximity in terms of his intimacy with the Father. He lived out of being near God and walking with God. Um, 
this is a continual invitation from God and I believe it's one that he, he has for each and every one of us this year. Um, what revelation of the heart of God have we experienced in the last week alone? What revelation? When you just stopped for a moment, maybe you did or maybe you didn't, just stop for a moment and, and, and post yourself to be with God. What revelation came in that moment? Because that little bit of revelation that you experienced in that moment is God's big agenda for you and an invitation to you to become more like Jesus who enjoys walking with the Father. To walk as Jesus walks is to walk from intimacy. And that intimacy is best described as affirmation. It's really hard to be around people who constantly speak down on you and of you, isn't it? It's really hard to be near them. It's really hard to be near people who are continually sarcastic towards you. It's hard to be near them because it doesn't bring life. There's no affirmation there. The affirmation that I'm talking about here is the affirmation of God. The affirmation where even in Jesus' baptism, the Spirit of God falls upon him and a voice is heard saying, this is my son and I'm well pleased with him. You would do well to listen to him. You see, it was out of that moment of affirmation for Jesus that he then navigated every, every moment there unto the cross and beyond. He did it out of the affirming love of God. Have you noticed how it's hard to be with people who speak down and of, on you and, and poorly of you? Have you noticed how it's easier to be with people who are affirming and gracious and generous toward you? One reflects the Father's love. The other reflects the still yet unhealed brokenness of the soul of a person. I want to call you this year to walking in affirmation that God is well pleased for you, that when he looks at you through Jesus and what Jesus has done for each and every one of us, God looks at you with pleasure. Not disgust, not disdain, not hatred. He looks at you with great pleasure. And he says, you're my child. When was the last time you felt the affirmation of the kiss of God? That was going on in the room this morning. The Holy Spirit was here affirming people. You're mine. I love you. And it's not performance-based. It's on the basis of his character and his, his love toward us. So this year, walk like Jesus walked out of intimacy with the Father from the place of affirmation. Next thing is I want to encourage you this year, walk like Jesus walks in the fullness of your sonship or your daughtership. You see, we see the original intended shape of our life in Romans 8.29. That is to be like Jesus. This uh, last couple of weeks, or about a week and a half ago it was, um, Nicole and I were having dinner with our... our um, our children, we were sitting around on the couch together having dinner together and we were just, one of them brought up about how some of their peers 
are processing their pain of their, their circumstances that they're walking through and how they're, how they're doing that. And it's, it's like they're bleeding it basically everywhere. It's like a hose that's just got no one holding the end of it. It's just pain just pouring out everywhere and all over everything and everyone and how they're processing that. And so we spent a great deal of time together about talking about what's some healthy ways to process pain, disappointment, life circumstance that doesn't actually fall the way we hoped it would, but in fact it's become a lot tougher. And what we came up with was we, we want to do it like the invitation from God, like Jesus. You see, Jesus says that we know what the Father is doing. We hear what the Father is saying. That's what the invitation of Jesus is. So as we spent time talking together, the things that came out of that is, well, how well do we really know our Father? Do we go to him with our pain or do we spray it out on all of the world as if they're to be held accountable for it and responsible for it? Do we know his voice to our pain, to our disappointment, to, to our sense of lost hope or unmet expectation or dream? Do we know his voice toward us? Or are we just grabbing onto any voice that wants to help us to continue to just pour our pain out on others around us in the world and even on ourselves? How well do we know the response of God, his heart and his, and his plans um, toward us? toward us and then journeying us from that place of pain and into new life? And how well are we actually giving ourselves to applying the wisdom that he so generously offers our life? Or have we just put the wisdom of God in the category of just another voice? This year, as we begin this year, I want to encourage you, as Nicole and I have prayed together, and the simplicity of this message about being like Jesus, to walk like Jesus, is to walk with, the, with this sense of sonship and daughtership. Walk in who the Father says you are. Walk in his wisdom toward you. Walk in his voice of healing to you. His ways are not necessarily the ways that we would think. But they are his ways. It's his wisdom. That's why, we, that's why we seek him. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. So if that flows from God, wisdom and understanding flows from the mouth of God. He's speaking that. And ultimately he's demonstrated that most fully in his son, Jesus. Are we taking a hold of that invitation to knowing God like Jesus does and understanding God the way Jesus does? If I could just finish with this pastoral word. 
And I think I, I would suggest this isn't a pastoral word from me. This is a pastoral word from God. I'm not prophesying on his behalf. I'm actually taking God at his own words and relaying them to you from the historical account of Luke chapter 9. When in Luke chapter 9, Jesus, James, Peter and John climb a mountain one day together. And at the top of the mountain, this supernatural moment transpires where the veil between heaven and earth all of a sudden peels back. And James and John and Pete, they're all there. And then they see something happen before their eyes. They see right there standing with Jesus, Elijah and Moses. And they're like a bit overwhelmed by it. And the best thing they think they should do is let's build some tents because then they might hang around a bit longer and we can prolong this moment as long as we possibly can. If they would just all set up camp here on top of the hill, let's live there forever. We love the hilltops, don't we? Let's stay on the hilltops. But Jesus is there and he's with Elijah and Moses. Now in that one moment, in that one moment, God the Father is trying to say something very clearly to the world. And to anyone who would dare listen, the first thing he's doing is he's grabbing these two Old Testament characters who have represented the way that God has related to humanity right up to that point. Elijah, the prophets. If we want to hear what God has said, historically it's always been through the prophets. People would, in, we had, you know, there was an office of prophets. Kings would have their prophets. The people of Israel had their prophets. Wouldn't do anything without consulting the prophets unless we had the word of the Lord spoken to us. And Elijah, he's like top shelf. <laughs> he's like top shelf prophet, model prophet. He's there. Moses is there. Moses, the Torah representing the old covenant of God, of the law. He's there. God established through the relationship with Moses as he led the people of God through the law. He gave them the law. And then there's Jesus. The law, the prophets, and Jesus. And the pastoral wisdom and word of God the Father in that moment to the world from a mountaintop was, that's my son, Jesus, listen to him. God was saying from this moment on, it's all about Jesus. Every prophetic word, it's going to be about him, in him, through him and for him. It's all going to be about him. No longer do we need to wait and consult and listen to the office of the prophets. I'm not saying that prophetic activity isn't happening today. It certainly does. But we don't need the prophets. We no longer live under this covenant of law. We now live under this new covenant of love. And we'll talk a little bit about that next week. But God is saying to the world, listen to Jesus. 
look at Jesus. If there's a pastoral word, I think that God the Father would be echoing like with a clarion call into the earth right now, and particularly to his people in the earth, it's listen to Jesus. Man, there's a lot of stuff filling the prophetic airways of the body of Christ all over the world right now. And there's a clarion invitation from God that says, listen to my son. Hebrews 1 says, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets and at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. God really, the Father is really trying to help the world understand. If you want to have a sense of what is God doing today, look at Jesus. Listen to every prophetic word that points, releases, and empowers the life of Jesus through his people. The sign of a prophetic people are people who are fascinated and completely delightfully obsessed with the lordship of Jesus. People who are living under the prophetic power and the hope of the future age to come. It's all about Jesus. Man, it's such a Sunday school answer, isn't it? And yet we've made it oh so complex when in the simplicity of it all, it's all about Jesus. So this year, if I could encourage you with a pastoral word from God the Father, listen to Jesus as you head off into this world this year. Listen to Jesus. Look at Jesus. Walk in the intimacy that Jesus shared with his Father. Walk in the sense of who he says you are. Listen to Jesus. Let's stand and pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you for the scriptures. And thank you for the invitation that you make to us so generously through the lordship of your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you that you've grabbed a hold of our life. And for some of us, you're grabbing hold of our life again. <laughs> and for some of us, it's like for the very first time, we're realizing that your love is for us and drawing us toward Jesus. And so I just pray, Heavenly Father, that this week, in this really complex world, and all of the complexity that our individual lives and our life together navigates, I pray for the simplicity of the centrality of Jesus for each and every one of us. Oh, Lord Jesus, we love you. We love you and we thank you that in you, when we look at you and we dwell with you, we see the shape of, of our very own life right there in you. 
Holy Spirit, help us to walk in the fullness of that invitation. Come, Holy Spirit, today. Bless your people. And I pray that for, as they go about this week, I, I just, in your name, Jesus, ask that you would um, empower us and help us to incline our ear with intentionality to Jesus. I bless, I bless your ears to hear Jesus. I bless your ears to hear Jesus. I bless the eyes of your heart to see Jesus. Lord, bless your people as they go about the way of your kingdom of God this week and as they take the hope and the good news of Jesus to the people they're living with and working with this week. In your name, Lord. Amen.